Good morning. How you guys doing today? I haven't asked this for a long time. How's your weekend? It's kind of a loaded question now, isn't it? So once in a while, I will watch a nature rescue show. It makes me feel good. I don't know why. Stop judging me. What's odd about it, has, if you've ever watched where, like, especially the bigger cats, sometimes they'll get them healed up and they'll take them back out to release them. And they kick open the gate and they sit there. They won't leave. They won't leave the cage. They won't leave the cage. Uh, the, the one that I saw that really shocked me, they actually had to start beating on the cage. And then you just have to walk away and just trust that, I mean, the thing that would just leave. It doesn't make sense to us as we watch that to say, why would this cat, who's healthy now, that's used to the wild, why would it stay in the cage? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm sure there's a reason. Maybe it's scared. Uh, maybe it doesn't want to move until people are out of the picture. There's a lot of good reasons. But as we jump into our text today, that is normal for us as well. Christ kicking open the gate. No condemnation. This is what the text is. And yet, we are so comfortable living in a way where we find our rightness and our confidence and our peace and our own atonement by our works. We truly believe that what we do can change who we are. But Scripture is completely backwards on that. What we can do there can never change who we are. God can do that. So we're going to jump into Romans 8 today. This is a chapter. It's kind of famous. Uh, in fact, if somebody would ask me, like, what chapter in the Bible would you say, if you read, it would really explain the entire Christian life, Romans 8. It's, it's a little bit of a snowball. It kind of builds on the first seven chapters. And then it pivots there and says, and this is how we live in light of the gospel. And the first thing that it's going to explain to us, kind of opening the gate, if you will, for us, is that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And I know you've heard that before. You could probably even memorize it or repeat it or explain it. But like the leopard in the cage, we, we, we're comfortable there. So Romans 8 is going to teach us what it looks like to ha- apply the power of the gospel in our life in real time. And we know this. We fight with sin. We fight and we struggle and we feel like we're going backwards. So this is good. We want this. We want to learn, like, what does it look like to live our life in Christ? What does it look like for us to apply this power of the gospel in our real lives. And, and just to get to the big idea of Romans, if you look at what Romans is really all about, Romans 1.16 is kind of the thesis of Romans. And, it's, and the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel because it's the power of salvation for all who believe. And then he goes on and expounds what that means. And what the Apostle Paul knows more than probably we're willing to let ourselves understand is that we are most comfortable with our own power. We're most comfortable with defining ourselves through our actions. We can't do that. So we're going to jump in there. We're going to walk through Romans 8 this summer, learning to live life in Christ, learning to apply the power of the gospel 
to our lives. So let's jump right in. We're going to be, again, Romans 8. We're just going to hit the first two verses today because they kind of kick open the door for us that we might understand what this looks like. So here we go. We'll put the verses up on the screen. And if you're checking in with us here at home, we want to welcome you into this process. Grab a Bible. We're going to be Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 this morning. So here we go. It says, There is therefore now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning needing great understanding. Ah, that's probably the wrong thing to say. I think we understand it. We need belief. We need conviction. Lord, we need the Spirit of God to empower us to not just believe this, but to live it. So as we open up this text today, as we always pray, we pray that you would open up your word that we might behold its beauty. Lord, that your text, as we are reading it, would read us deeply, Lord, that we might be transformed. So this is our prayer this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in Christ Jesus, this is the big idea of the text. In Christ Jesus, you are living free. It says that. It doesn't say you can live free, you should live free. It says in Christ Jesus, you are free. You are living free. And a few of the things we're going to pull out of the text today that I think kind of builds on one another. Well, what does that freedom look like? First, you're living free from the weight of sin. And I want you to think of sin as a burden or like a backpack that you carry around with you and you feel like you're in charge of managing that and getting rid of it yourself and it never really works. And if you want to see the tyranny of what that looks like, even as a Christian, you can read Romans chapter 7 because the Apostle Paul is losing his mind saying, I do the very thing I don't want to do and that what I want to do I can't do. Who will save me from this body of death? Christ Jesus. So then he explains that in Romans chapter 8. So, um, yeah, in Christ you are living free from the weight of sin, also from the power of sin. Because sin has, has well, as we just sung, it's, it's, there's a power to it. We, we are subjected to its power. And lastly, you are living free right now. Yes, we long for heaven. Yes, we long for a new heaven and earth. But there's a nowness to this freedom that we just won't believe. Again, we just stay in the cage because we're comfortable there. So let's walk through this. In Christ Jesus, you are living free first from the weight and the burden of sin. Now, the Apostle Paul's writing this probably around 57 AD. He's writing probably on his third missionary journey, so he's got a little bit of time under his belt. And he's writing to the church in Rome, which is oddly he didn't plant. But he's writing to it, and it's probably a few hundred Christians in Rome. And it's a very young church, about a bunch of young, probably even in age, Christians, some Jewish converts, some Gentile converts from pagan religions, and they're all in the same church. So they're they're learning how to live together under one banner, under Christ. And his main concern in Romans is this. I know that you know the gospel. I know that you have the information down, but I'm not convinced that you believe it. I'm not convinced you believe that it's power. I'm not convinced that you understand how it transforms the person into one who lives for the glory of God. So he writes Romans so that they can see that in vivid ways and live it out. So how does it bust us from the weight of sin? Let's walk through that together. First thing. Well, 
Understand that the Apostle Paul, when he says therefore, right, there is therefore now no condemnation, that word therefore pushes us back into the book. So again, think of, think of uh, he's making a conclusion on the fact that our righteousness is before God through faith. Right? We're so comfortable finding our worth in our works, but it ends in death. It ends in you hating yourself actually, or hating God, one of the two things. So he's making a conclusion on that. And one thing that I think we should look at as it pushes our eyes back to chapter 7, verse 6, because this theme is going to play out over and over and over. And I'll just read it to you. It says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. So what you're going to see in Romans chapter 8 is the Spirit of God is the new way of serving God. The Spirit of God is the power and the presence of God in force right now. So, in fact, there's just, he says, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. Romans chapter 8 is full of the Spirit, 21 times in Romans chapter 8. So it is all application. It is all experience. It's not just, do you know about the gospel? It's, are you living in the present power of the gospel under the influence and the power and the ability that the Spirit of God gives you? So weight of sin. Before we understand how the gospel frees us or how we are living free from the weight of sin, we have to understand how are we, are, how are we dealing with it first. So how do you deal with the weight of sin? How do you deal with when your p- head hits the pillow at night, uh, you know there's a problem. You know there's a problem between you and God. Let me offer some suggestions. One way that we deal with the weight of sin, and probably in this room it's a big way, self-discipline. I can do this. Like, yeah, I make mistakes. Yes, and whatever, but I can overcome this. If I discipline myself, if I have a watertight plan, if I have somebody that can help me, if I have a book, I can figure it out. Self-discipline is how you and I deal with the weight of sin in many ways. I can do this. Secondly, self-rule. One of the ways we deal with the weight of sin is you just push away God. We say, well, God, I'm sure there's a God, but maybe there's not. And I can tell you this, that law is not good for me. It doesn't work for me. God doesn't know me like I know me. Therefore, self-rule. I push God out. I keep him at a distance, and that feels safer to me. Thirdly, self-justification. We will find ways to put God, uh, God owes me. I mean, remember the prodigal son in Luke 15? Do you remember the whole story there? The, uh, the young kid takes his inheritance, runs out, and spends it, and then comes back, and he, he understands grace, and the father goes out and meets him and kills a cow and, and has a big party for him, and the older son is livid. He comes in from the field. He's like, what are you doing? This is the younger son that you're spending money on, and he, he went out and wasted your inheritance? All the while, I'm slaving for you. I never disobey you. I am always here. Where's my party for my friends? When are you going to kill a goat for me? And the father says, whoa, you're always with me, son, and everything that I have is yours. You will justify yourself based on it. You're one of the good ones. Man, I've always been there for God, right? I'm good. You will justify yourself that way. Self-pity, these are all self. You get this? This is how we deal with the weight of sin, self. Self Self-pity. 
my, my life is not fair. My circumstances are un, just unbelievable. And we will turn in on ourselves and we'll say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter because God's not fair to me. He doesn't see me. If none of those are you, then you're probably here. Self-defeat. It's just not going to work. I've tried to overcome the weight of sin. I can tell you it's not going to work in my life. And I just give up. I give up. I turn into fatalism and nihilism and just like, or I find an escape plan. I put my mind on escaping or on alcohol or on substances or on something that makes me forget about. I numb myself to the pain of the weight of being separated from God, the weight of God's law. How are the problems when you numb yourself? You numb yourself to God as well. You don't feel anything. So these are the ways that we deal with the weight of sin. And so just to position yourself, listen. Listen to what you say. You are always thinking through and many times reciting your gospel story. Gospel's good news. So you have to find some good news in your life and you'll recite it. Well, um, hey, when I, when I get this promotion, when this relationship in my life steadies out, um, I'm talking about my plans. I've always got plans. I've got a plan that's going to fix my life. I've got a false freedom. You know, I don't believe in God, so therefore, like, I don't have to worry about it. I I will continue to tell myself that, yet when my head hits the pillow, I know that's not true. Friends, how are you dealing with the way to sin? Just be honest with yourself. Because if you're not, there's going to be no good news here for you. Listen to your gospel story. And you're like, well, I'm a Christian, so I understand and believe the gospel. Yes, that's great. But what are you boasting in? What are you boasting in? See, in Christ, you are living free from the weight of sin. And you might have said, well, you haven't really told me how that works yet. We'll get there. Because the Apostle Paul says, no condemnation. Boast in this. Don't boast in what you have or haven't done. Boast in me. Boast in what God has done for you. Secondly, in Christ you're living free from the power of sin. Now we start to feel not just the weight, but the tyranny and the slavery that sin has. So I think it's interesting here. Did you pick up on this? It says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now that's a a strange way to talk about law. The law of the spirit of life versus the law of sin and death. Now, there's three ways that the Apostle Paul uses law. Even in verse 7, the preceding chapter, he uses it as what you might expect, the moral law of God, a.k.a. Ten Commandments. What God loves and what God says is good. So that makes sense, but that's not really what he's getting at. Secondly, he, he uses it, uh, law many times, at least in chapter 7, as a principle. Let me read this to you. This probably resonates to you. Uh, chapter 7, verse 12, no, verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is that I find it to be a principle or truth that when I seek to do right, I end up doing the opposite, or evil's close at hand. Is he talking about that? No. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking the law as a, 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 really in a, in, as a personal force. It's a power. He's talking about the law as a power. Either you are under the power, under the subjugation, under the influence of the Spirit of God, no condemnation, set right before God, not by your work, but by His, 
or you are under the power of the law. You are defining yourself, who you are, what matters to you by your performance in what you want to do or what God calls you to do or your performance versus the Ten Commandments or God's revealed law that leads to death. So there's power there. The law is power. We're either living by the Spirit or we're living by the law. I mean, th- this happens when we're little kids, right? I have a bunch of kids and grandkids. You know, you know what they do, right? They ride on the wall and you told them not to. And then you're like, why did you do that? They're like, I don't know. It seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And we're like, oh, you know, grow up and get some self-control. Well, then they don't draw on the wall, but then they steal. And then we commit adultery. And then we do higher levels of sin, which really is less about the sin and more about the relationship with God. Right? You can't abstract God's law from his person. So there's a power there, and we're under the influence of it. So in being in Christ means you're living free from the power of sin. How? How does God deal with the weight of your sin and my sin? You need to hear this, because this is actually the gospel. This is actually the good news. It says there's no condemnation. How? Well, we know this. We know that God the Son takes on the weight of the law. Galatians tells us he was born under the law. That means he was like you. He was like me. He lived in a fallen world, though he himself was not fallen. He didn't share in our sin, but he shared in our world. And he walked according to what was good and what was right, and he did it in faith. So he bore the weight of the law in a way that was good. Secondly, he bore the weight of the condemnation of the law. Now, we know that Romans 6.23, again, we've heard this before, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means if you choose to live on your own, which we all do, every single person, you'll end up giving an answer for your life to the face of God, and it's not going to go well. Scripture talks about that. talks about hell. So Jesus takes on hell. He takes on condemnation in his body for your sin, for my sin, and then resurrection is kicking open the cage for you. And then he probably beats it with a stick. Get out of here. This is my business. I've won your release. So that is how God bears the weight of sin, but you have got to take on the burden of believing it. You've got to take on the burden of believing that you have no condemnation. Your sin is forgiven in your past. Well, you don't know my past. You don't know mine either. Well, your sin is forgiven now. Okay, but what about my future? All of it. But I actually wanted to do that thing, and I did it. Then repent of it, because justification or being right before God through faith is for those people whose hearts hate sin and don't want to live in it. No condemnation. Listen, here's how you experience the forgiveness and the, no, and, the, and, the, and the lack of condemnation that grace gives you. You're going to either end up in hate or love. Either you're going to walk in so much guilt and so much pain you can never believe that you can be right before God, and you can never measure up, that you will end up hating yourself. And you will see yourself as worthless. Or you'll flip that and say, I have done right. 
I was here. I did right. God, I've, I've read my Bible. I've done the right thing. I've raised my kids the right way. And still, you know, I'm hating God. No condemnation. Listen, uh, my wife is in the medical industry. Um, industry, is that the right thing? Field, thank you. Medical field. And one of the crazy things she's always told me is this about a phantom limb. Have you ever heard of a phantom limb? If somebody gets in a horrible car accident and they have to take off an arm or take off a leg or something, you know, that's an awful thing, but the person normally survives. But they still have the intense pain of that limb. You hear that? They still feel it for maybe a long time afterward, and the, and the pain is real and it's intense. You do that too. I do that too when we refuse to walk in the forgiveness that God gives us through receiving it, the work of Christ. We, we end up believing and living in our guilt. In Christ, you are living free from the weight of sin and from the power of sin, and you are living free right now. Did you pick up on that? It's right there. There is therefore now no condemnation. Not there's going to be no condemnation when Jesus comes back, or there should be no condemnation if you would live differently. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there's a nowness that we need to pick up. And this is the idea. The Holy Spirit basically brings your future into your present, takes the future redemption that has happened and makes it a part of your present reality now. The Spirit of God is like a spotlight putting the work of God on display in your life, reminding you, showing you the summit so you don't lose heart as you're climbing the mountain, empowering you, giving you the strength to walk the road God has put, on, put it on, you on. So that is what the Spirit of God does, making your future real to you now. That is part of what it means to live in no condemnation. So what does this feel like? What does it feel? I, I struggle with this. I'm probably the worst person to preach this. I struggle with what no condemnation feels like. Here's a few things. Did your mom ever write a note and put it in your lunch? Back in my day, we'd get beat up if that happened, but I think they do that now, right? Mom writes a note, hey, love you, see you tonight. How, you know what that is? That's mom knowing, anticipating your needs in the future, and reminding you who you are. The Spirit of God does that all the time. So no condemnation, living free in Christ, feels like God meeting your needs, anticipating them. Antis Think about this week. Think about this month. Has God not anticipated your need? Maybe he didn't write a note in your lunch, but maybe he did. That's the idea. So God anticipating your need, that, that's what freedom feels like. Secondly, it feels like this weight and this burden lifted. Sounds a little cliche, but it does. It gives you confidence you can't have if you're living under condemnation. It gives you joy that will never be yours if you're trying to find a rightness horizontally. Well, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than those people over there. That's living under the law that leads to death. It lifts a burden. Here's why. It's not just no condemnation. If you get to the end of chapter 8, it's no separation. It's no condemnation now and no separation ever. No power can pull you out of the love of God ever. And lastly, it feels like war. Freedom feels like war? Yes. 
because the Spirit of God gives you a new desire and a new priority, and it's going to be at odds even internally. Again, read chapter 7. It feels like war, but the Spirit of God gives you everything that you need. And a lot of times it's one another, because the Spirit of God is not just in us, but among us. So if you're one of those Christians, you're like, I just kind of work this out on my own. You've lost. Isn't that a bold thing to say? It's true, though. So it feels like war because you have new desires, and at your heart of heart, you want to love and serve God and know Him and be known by Him for all of eternity. Do you want that? Then get out of the cage. Christ has kicked it open for you. You can have new life right now, trusting in Him, offering Him your sin. He will take it. He will, he's put it to death, and He gives you new life, and He proves it to you. So you need to say this. You need to put your own name in here. For the law of the Spirit of life has set, you, no, set me free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Say that. You're going to say me. The law of the Spirit of life has set me free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Friends, you have got to internalize that. There is no change, there is no joy, there is no glory when you're trying to define yourself through your work. So how are you dealing with the weight of sin, the power of sin, and this gap we feel in the power of God? In Christ, you are living free, free from the weight, free from the power, and you're doing it right now. So this kicks open the door not only to the rest of chapter 8, but the rest of our lives, right? The rest of our lives. The Spirit of God wants that for you and for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are teaching us, Lord. Um, we need it so badly. We need a fresh filling of the Spirit of God. We need to understand what it means that we have no condemnation. This is your work not ours. We receive it with open hands. I pray that becomes more and more real to us, not just this week, but the rest of our lives, because this is good news. In the name of Christ, amen.